TII item 438, August 20th, 2017, iOS 11 beta 6. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's show is brought to you by Eero. For free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada, visit eero.com and at checkout, select overnight shipping, then enter promo code TII to make it free. This episode is sponsored by Bowl and Branch. Go right now to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off the nicest sheets and cotton products you've ever owned. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Glenn for sending in the artwork for today's show. Glenn wrote the following. Hi, Rob. So I took a trip to L.A. to visit my daughter and went to the shop at the Apple Store in Santa Monica, California. Here's a picture. Regards, Glenn A. I then took the photo, and with the overwrap, I added in the TII branding and the store location. I picked this picture because it's the closest to where I'm going to be next week when I am at Podcast Movement in Anaheim, California. If anyone's going, please stop by the Libsyn booth and say hi or come see me speak. I'm speaking like four times, so hope to see some of you at Podcast Movement. Thanks, Glenn, for sending in this picture. And folks, you can see this artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 438 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS and also at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. Glenn's picture continues to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the TII show and the iPhone. Please, when taking a picture of yourself in front of your local Apple store, if possible, take a square picture, as I have to make it square for iTunes. And then put the store location on the photo, along with TII or Today and iOS branding. Thanks to the many of you that have already sent in photos. As always, send those photos to todayinios at gmail.com. And if you have some music you've created on your show, we haven't had music in a while, uh, and you've created on iOS device, go ahead and email that to the same location. And please, when you send that in, let me know which app or apps you use to create said music. On Monday, August 14th, Apple released iOS 11 Beta 6 to the devs. This is one week after Beta 5 was released. Interestingly, this time, Apple released the public version to the public beta testers on the same day. Previously, it had always been one day later. Obviously, as we get up in beta numbers, new features dwindle. This is mostly about fixing bugs and improving stability. The App Store apps icon and the Maps icon both changed slightly. They fixed the issue on the Reminders icon, um, putting the bullet points back on the left side. We mentioned on the last episode they were on the right. Another new item discovered is if you tap five times really quick on the power button, it will bring up the SOS screen, which it did before. But what's interesting now is from the screen, you must now type in your passcode to get out. Previously, you could just get out without typing the passcode, just using Touch ID. Uh, People are calling this cop mode, as now the cops, even if they tried to force you to use your fingerprint to unlock your device, cannot force you to give up your passcode by law. By tapping five times real quick on the power button, what you're actually doing is deactivating Touch ID. Overall, here's the best little summary I could find for changes in iOS 11 beta 6. New App Store icon, as I already mentioned. New iMessage app icon. The new Maps icon, I mentioned that, but what it does is now actually highlights Apple Park. The icon now shows what looks to be part of the spaceship building. 
fix reminders uh, app icon with checkbox circles on the left. We mentioned that. Bolder numbers for the clock app. New splash page for photos. Fish live wallpapers has been removed. Auto brightness is now an accessibility option. Defaults to on. So if you want to turn auto brightness on, uh, off, I should say, what you need to now do is go under settings, accessibility, and find it there, which is a pain. I imagine that's coming back. Control center, music widget, airplay indicator, tinted blue during use, and new iPod, AirPods overlay animation, and then finally the addition of cop mode. The last one, um, or next to last one there, the uh, AirPods overlay animation, that one Amico reported and put a video up in the Google Plus community. Uh, when you open the AirPods case, it shows the charging case and both the AirPods uh, and the charging case start twirling around. From Alex Stone in the Google Plus TII community, he said, quote, unfortunately, public beta 5, which is beta 6 for the devs, has fixed very few voiceover issues, unquote. And sadly, Alex, it is unlikely at this point that much else will change with the next one to three betas before it goes Goldmaster. Maybe in iOS 11.1 we'll get additional improvements with voiceover issues. We can hope. Beta updates are like mice in your house. There's never just one. And on April 14th, Apple also released WatchOS 4 Beta 6 to devs. As before, no public beta for WatchOS 4. And with this new Beta 6, pretty much... Nothing. Just bug fixes and optimizations. With that latter one getting more ink, with people reporting it is faster and more responsive than the previous beta, and it has better battery life. With just a week between betas, Apple is getting close to that Goldmaster, which again, I would guess should be around September 20th or about one month from now. Last and definitely least as far as the updates go is tvOS 11 which, as we mentioned before, is really a minor update at best. Well, Beta 6 was also made available on the 14th for devs and later that day to the public. And, well, I'm struggling to come up with any interesting way of saying bug fixes and optimizations for this one because that is it, at least from what I could find. There is a good chance there will be another update this week to Beta 7 of all three OSs. Apple really only has time for one or two updates Three at the absolute max if they're going to have the Goldmaster go live around September 20th. And I did go back and look a couple years. It looks like the betas usually ended before the end of August in the past. And last year, for example, at the end of August, we were at iOS 10 beta 8. So if we get another one, we should go to beta 7 this week. And then that would give us one more week the following week to get in beta 8 and then the end of the month. So I think we're going to get one this coming Monday on the 21st and then another one on the 28th, and I think that will be it for the betas. Now, of course, if I was writing an article for BGR or The Verge, the headline would read, Inside sources say two more betas coming in August. Apple will go Goldmaster September 20th. Just saying. Speaking of Apple TV, ESPN can now live stream four games simultaneously in their app on Apple TV. This just in time for college and pro football season, but mostly for college football fans and NFL fantasy football players. You have two games side by side as one option, or picture in picture, or three at a time for one and for one large and two smaller uh, windows. And then you can have four up with one large window and three smaller windows, or you can have a grid of four all the same size. 
Right now, it's about streaming live content to up to four windows, but it's rumored they are looking at putting other info in those other windows like fantasy sports info. Imagine that. Right now, this feature is exclusively on Apple TV with ESPN saying this is because other smart TV platforms don't have the capabilities of tvOS. With an oft-rumored Apple TV likely, or new Apple TV likely coming soon, with it most likely or almost definitely supporting 4K video, it makes sense for ESPN to announce this now and get out in front of most others. I say most because ABC News already has an app that supports multi-streaming uh, at once, multiple screens up there, which is also true of the Major League Baseball at Bat app. So ESPN's actually the bronze medal here in this case. And of course, for all the TII listeners in the Southeast, this is just in time for the best time of the year for you guys, college football season. Tom in Tuscaloosa, I'm looking at you. If you have AirPods and are looking for a neat accessory for helping charge the case, there is now a dock for the case, which is really a dock for the AirPods. So what you technically have is a dock for a dock. Wow, getting meta. It is the OTIM, O-T-T-I-M, charging station for AirPods. It is cheap enough right now, just $21.99 for Amazon Prime members. I think it's $49.99 for those not Prime members. I'll have a link in the show notes. This is actually a good-looking charging station for your AirPods charging case. I'm on the fence. I probably will get it. It looks actually pretty nice. You can still open the top of the case, so place this next to your laptop, and no need to take it out of the stand. So again, that's O-T-T-I-M, charging station for AirPods. Link in the show notes for episode 438 over today on iOS.com. One thing that iOS 11 will fix is a bug for iPhone 7 and 7 Pluses, where if you try to upgrade or downgrade the version of iOS, you can get it in a mode between updates. That in this mode will allow you for unlimited number of attempts on the passcode. Oopsie. There are so many ifs, though, for this method. Um, if you know the version of the iOS of the device, if you buy some software and if you buy some hardware, if it really matters, is another if, because Apple says it will be patched before iOS 11 goes Goldmaster. As always, anytime there's an exploit like this, some people are going to make a big deal about it. Again, though, Apple says it will be fixed before iOS 11 goes Goldmaster, so that means before September 20th or thereabouts, according to inside sources. We are getting closer and closer to iOS 11 going live. And as I mentioned before, iOS 11, the biggest changes really come if you have an iPad, especially if an iPad Pro. And Apple seems to have felt there were so many of these big changes, they better make and release some videos now going over said changes. So they made six of them. Number one, how to work with the powerful new dock. Number two, how to easily manage your files and folders with the new files app. Number three, how to do even more with multitasking. Number four, how to scan, sign, and send documents and notes. You'll love this. Number five, how to mark up stuff with an Apple Pencil. And number six, how to get around easily with multi-touch. I have a link in the show notes to the page on apple.com that has all six videos. If you already have a beta and you have an iPad Pro especially, it is worth your time looking at this. If you don't have the beta, but you do have an iPad Pro, you want to bookmark this page. And again, I'll have a link to it in the show notes for 
episode 438 at todayinios.com. We have a new sponsor today, and it is one I was waiting anxiously to test out. It is Eero, E-E-R-O. They make a Wi-Fi mesh network for your home. Before I get into the details, let me give you some background on my testing. I checked my previously supposedly high-speed Wi-Fi system throughout my house, closest to the base station, which is in my office, the better the results I got, and the best I ever got was 90 megabits per second down and 30 megabits per second up. Typically, however, I was getting 60 to 70 megabits per second down and 20 to 25 megabits per second up, which when you have Google Fiber, (laughs) you want to have actually a a little bit better than that. With Eero, I now get 350 to 400 megabits per second up and down regularly, and that's on the low side throughout the house. Before, I was connecting the Ethernet cable to my Lightning port each morning to my laptop, no more. Again, those speeds are what I get on Wi-Fi for my MacBook, my iPhone 7 Plus, my iPod Pros, and more. The speed increase is incredible. Thank you, Eero. No more having to connect that Ethernet cord each morning. I was so crossing my fingers, hoping this would be half as good as they said, but it wound up being much, much better. I am really blown away at having over 400 megabits per second speed a lot of the time. It literally was breaking most iOS apps for speed testing. My iPhone 7 Plus, I just ran a test on it. 458.8 megabits per second down, 514 megabits per second up. I even posted the screenshot to show the results to my Twitter account. Apple talks about how fast their Wi-Fi chips are. This is the first time I've been able to actually test those claims out. Kudos to Apple Google Fiber, and of course, Eero for unleashing all my iOS devices. Okay, that's my testing aside. Now let's get into the ad. This is a second generation Eero unit, which has added a third 5 gigahertz radio. And the speeds I mentioned I am getting are even when my kids are active on other iOS devices watching videos. And it is a mesh network, just like at office buildings, but now for your home. I set up my main unit in my office, connected it via the Ethernet cable to my Google Fiber router, then went to the kitchen, plugged in the beacon unit to a standard wall outlet, set it up quickly, and then set up one in our bedroom, which is as far away from my office as possible in our house. It was about 10 to 15 minutes, and probably closer to 10, to set all of this up. It was really, really easy with an app for your iOS device that lets you monitor all Wi-Fi devices connected now or that have been connected, and we have 15 showing. Yikes. And you only need to hardwire connect the base station unit. The beacons, you just plug into a standard wall outlet, and they even have a nightlight. I put ours in the kitchen near the dog's water bowl. So at night now, he's got a little nightlight. Previously, when I was out on my deck that's off the back of the kitchen, I was lucky to even get a connection. Now I'm getting connection multiple times faster than when I was right next to my old router in my office. If you go to eero.com and enter promo code TII, you will get free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada. Again, go to eero.com and at checkout, select overnight shipping, then enter promo code TII to make it free. The base station unit sits flat and you power it with a their USB-C uh, power cord. So it has a nice USB-C connector there. It is a very nice looking Apple-esque white design. So it's pretty. It also has a new thread radio for low-power devices like my Ring doorbell and other Wi-Fi-enabled IoT devices. This is the best 
best, best Wi-Fi I have ever tested or heard of, hands down. Thanks, Eero, for unleashing all of my Apple products. Sorry if that was long, but I really am excited about the speed I'm getting now and kind of want to show it off. Hello, Rob. This is Justin from Pennsylvania. On the call, just give a little feedback. I just switched over to the beta. Once, you know, I heard you say that you're putting on your main device, I figured I would uh, give it a, a, a spin. And I have to say, I really like the new little touches to it. I wouldn't say it's a monumental change, but the little tweaks they've added are really nice. The notifications on the lock screen are great. I love that you can just scroll up anytime and see them. It's so much better to look through them that way because a lot of times you want to look past your... I just like that they don't just go away forever and you don't have to unlock your phone to look at them. I like that. The new notification center, I think, is a huge improvement. I love the more options. I love that you can add buttons to it. There's so many things I always wish were in that center that now I can add to it, which I really like. I kind of wish that when you're on the lock screen, you would get the full screen play art like you used to, but I get they're changing the way the notifications work, so now the play menu is kind of like a little notification on your lock screen instead. So, I mean, whatever. But the probably thing that has changed my life the most with this update is the update to being able to change options with the AirPods. I love that. I can now skip and that. I can have one ear do one thing. I, I can one do area, the other can skip ahead. It's it's great. I, I really like it. It's very it's very convenient. And um, I hope they add more options in the future, and I would love for them to add extra taps in the future. I think that would be huge. Bugs have been here and there. A few crashes. Not too bad. But, you know, hey, it's a, it's a beta. Beta bugs, as you always say. So I just want to say I really like this update. I think it's going to be a nice little improvement for power users. Um, being on the screen record to show my family what I'm doing when I want to when I want to teach them something is awesome. So I will just say straight up, that thing may seem like it's only for content creators, but if you have a mom or dad who's just getting into iOS, screen recording is really good. You can you can talk over it and, and send them the video. It's awesome. I'll say that. Thank you so much, Rob. I love the show, and uh, if I have any other things to say about this or anything else I find out, I'll definitely listen for new features from you. So um, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and I will see you later. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Justin. Thank you so much for your feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I am looking for more dynamic wallpapers for my iPhone 7. However, I could not find them anywhere. I know there are a few of these wallpapers in the City of Jailbreak app, but unfortunately there is no, still no jailbreak for my iPhone. Can you or one of the listeners help me get more dynamic wallpapers? Thanks and love the show. Regards, Elon from Israel. P.S. By the way, we still do not have an Apple store in Israel. That's a shame. Elon, absolutely that is a shame. I wonder why Apple doesn't have a, an Apple store in Israel. I've never heard a reason for that. I'm sure it's something legally why there's not one there, but that's strange. There definitely should be one in Israel. Uh, for folks out there that know a good place to get dynamic wallpapers for the iPhone 7, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot email to todayinios at gmail.com and let us and Elon know where is a good place to get some dynamic wallpapers for the iPhone. Hey, Rob, this is Neil from Alabama. I called in previously about an issue I was having about my iPhone 6 Plus being stuck trying to boot up a boot up loop, so to speak. 
I just wanted to call back in and give you an update and let you know that I was, in fact, able to resolve my issue after going back and forth with uh, an Apple Care representative. A shout-out to Chantel, who really did a wonderful job in making certain that I was able to get my, my issue resolved. Finally, <laughs> we just had to go ahead and agree to, you know, send a – she sent out an RMA. I boxed uh, the unit up, sent it back to Apple, had a replacement unit in two days. And uh, that, that you know, I did have a few issues. I did have a few issues with that one as well. Um, it, um, it, it was on when it came, and um, I think maybe some text-to-speech features had been activated for some reason. But in any case, after I uh, hooked it up to iTunes and uh, went through the process of reinstalling uh, 10.3.3, I've had no issues with it whatsoever. So... Really thankful that I was able to get my 6 Plus back working. It is not my daily driver, as I explained before, but I do use it um, on a fairly regular basis um, as backup unit, and so it's nice to have uh, access to that device again. did want to give a, a, a shout-out just um, in acknowledgement to uh, JT Ray offered some advice insofar as how I might be able to resolve the issue I was having. Kind of glad that... Um, Apple went ahead and RMA'd my device because those instructions from JT seemed a little bit more complex than I was, you know, comfortable with. Um, I hadn't heard of having to go into uh, the PC and, and search out specific files for the install process. So I was, I was happy to just have a replacement device. Uh, in any case, wanted to call and give you the update and uh, let you know that all is well on this end. And, uh, you know, I, I got to say, uh, Rob, I'm not 100% invested in trying to download public betas after this experience. I, I mean, regrettably, I think it's kind of put me off of it. You know, that was a really involved process that probably took me about a two-week window of time to resolve. And all because I wanted to have a, a, a peek at what the iOS uh, 11 uh, was going to look like. So, uh, you know, for whatever it's worth, all you Apple fanboys and girls out there who are, you know, adamant about just uploading the uh, the latest uh, uh, public beta, please remember what Rob said. I mean, um, you could potentially break your device and be without it for an extended period of time. So, you know, Rob's always telling us to, to put it on a backup device and thank God I listened to him and I put it on a backup device, but not a, um, I'm not really invested. I'm not a hundred percent that I'd do so again because, uh, I had such a, a difficult experience, uh, resolving it. But thank goodness, you know, I was able to resolve the issue. So I guess that's that. Rob, thanks for all you do. I will continue to be a listener and a supporter. Have a great day. Neil, thanks for the kind words and for the update on your situation. And I'm glad to hear that it, at the end was all resolved, even though it sounds like it was a lot of work. And I am very glad to hear that wasn't on your primary device. I really am thinking about getting a t-shirt printed that says beta equals bugs. We are now over 3,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that's joined and thanks for the great post. One new post in the Google Plus community that had a lot of comments that went up since the last episode was from Chris Cyril who said the following, quote, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one who realized this. I see facial recognition for Apple as a flaw. Any law enforcement could just hold your phone up to your face without consent when being detained, unquote. 
Barry Smitherin joked, quote, maybe you can make a funny face and just hold it, unquote. Jamie Senior asked, quote, what if you keep your eyes closed, unquote. And Tony Hargrove pointed out that facial recognition is not retina scan. It's not a retinal scan. It does not matter if your eyes are open or closed, which is actually a bigger issue. Right now, to unlock a phone of someone's while they're asleep, you need to press their finger on the Touch ID scanner, and that risks waking them up. But now, you can just hold it up in front of their face while they're asleep to unlock it. Not that any kids would ever do that to any of their parents' devices, I'm sure. Never, no, it would never cross the minds of any kids. Alberto Luna and Tony Hargrove mentioned about uh, police being able to force someone to place their finger on Touch ID, and there have been multiple rulings in favor of law enforcement uh, being able to, um, the courts look at your fingerprint like DNA. It can be used to incriminate you. It's not like a password that if you're forced to say it would be self-incrimination. So you can, you, your, your DNA can be used to incriminate you. Your fingerprint can be used to incriminate you. But you can't be used, your mind can't be used to incriminate yourself. But here's the thing. If the phone has been off and they try to reboot it or if it's been a while since you've unlocked it, your fingerprint alone will not unlock it. Apple already requires you to enter a passcode in for those cases. Chances are by the time law enforcement was able to obtain a warrant to force you to unlock your iOS device with your fingerprint or your face, it will have entered the mode where you need to enter the passcode. And that is not something law enforcement can force you to do. Again, that's self-incrimination. This might also be why iOS 11 beta 6 Apple added cop mode to allow you to quickly hit the power button five times and basically neuter Touch ID. If there is going to be facial recognition, it would do the same to it, as again, a passcode is required once you tap the power button five times quickly with iOS 11 beta 6 or greater. Overall, though, facial recognition seems to be a step down in security, and I don't see how Apple's making this new super phone less secure. That said, if facial recognition is introduced in the iPhone 8, expect Apple to add something that makes it more secure than other services offering facial recognition. Or maybe that five clicks of the power button is it. We'll see. Since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TI Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboys free zone and a spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most secure and civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to todayinios.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 3,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. Another place that you can leave comments about the show beyond the post that I pin at the top of the Google Plus community is via the TII app. And if you go in the TII app, there's a little place for you to leave comments. And John Diller left a comment and he said, Thanks, Rob, for answering my question on the show about what iPhone sold mean when it comes to Apple's earnings calls. Well, thank you, John, for using the comments feature in the TII app. And folks, if you have the TII app, remember that you can leave comments right there now in the TII app as well. Random tip time. This one has to do with 3D touch. Say you're looking at the show notes for TII or an article on a site, and you see a link, but you're not sure if you want to navigate away or you are sure you don't want to navigate away. You can 3D touch on that link even in the show notes in the Apple Podcasts app, and it will pop up a temp window showing you that site. 
this is a way to sort of peek at the site before committing to it. For those that are afraid of any type of commitment, or I guess for those of you that just like peeking at things. So again, just 3D touch on a URL link and it will pop up a little window for you to peek at it. If it was not a given before, it is now. That is per there being a new Apple Watch introduced this fall. How do we know? Because current Apple Watches are on sale. There is a $70 discount on the Apple Watch Series 2 at Macy's. There's also a discount of $70 for the Series 1. Just $199 for the 38mm version Series 1 or $229 for the 42mm version Series 1. Pricing is still standard at Apple.com, but likely discounts will start popping up at other retail establishments shortly, if not already there now. So if we assume there's going to be an Apple Watch 3 announced this fall, or if we pull a Verge and say Inside Sources told us so, the last time we talked about the uh, next generation Apple Watch was last episode, and it was being reported by John Gruber and others that it was likely going to be a different form factor design, and it was supposed to have LTE for doing phone calls on its own. Um, no. Or so says Ming-Chi Kuo. He is saying it will essentially look identical to the Series 1 and Series 2 watches. He's also said it will have LTE, but more for data gathering and applications than for making calls, according to Quo. Quote, this has two benefits. One, negotiations with mobile operators will be more simple and the chances of cooperation with mobile operators will improve. And two, 3G connectivity can be scrapped, simplifying the antenna design and facilitating internal design. However, we think there is a chance that users may use LTE Apple Watch to access VoIP services such as FaceTime and Skype, unquote. I would have to side with Quo over Gruber on this, who was reporting what a little birdie told him. Uh, the reason for siding with Quo is to date, there are not even semi-legit looking photos leaked out of the supply chain showing anything new on the Apple Watch. If it was in full production mode, as is also rumored, there, there would be even, with even a slightly different form factor, there would have been some photos leaked by now. That, that's just a given. So given there are no photos leaked of anything that looks to be a new Apple Watch design, you have to side here really with Quo when he says the next generation third Apple Watch Series 3, whatever it's going to be called, is looking identical pretty much to the original Apple Watches. Additionally, I've always been skeptical about cellular calling from the Apple Watch for this generation Apple Watch. So having LTE, but only for data usage, that to me sounds much more doable, more realistic, and not something that's going to totally kill your battery life. And per negotiations with carriers, maybe Apple will even be able to work some deal out where that you can pair your Apple Watch to your phone and the data plan for the new Apple Watch will come off your phone's data plan. So maybe you don't even have to get a whole new data plan. Maybe they just piggybacks on your current data plan if Apple can work out some sort of arrangement with carriers on that. That would be the ideal world because having to get a separate new data plan for your Apple Watch or a whole new cellular plan for your Apple Watch, that's a pain. That's additional cost. But if you could pair it to your Apple Watch and the carriers would allow you to have that data on the Apple Watch count towards whatever your cap is for your data plan, or if you have no cap, <laughs> piggyback on it, that would be the ideal world. But that's just me wishing out loud. 
Some more info and rumors coming out about the Apple HomePod. This is from looking at the code Apple released. The HomePod would have one gigabytes of RAM and a 272 by 340 screen. That sounds familiar for those dimensions. Those are the same dimensions as the 38 millimeter Apple Watch. The display will be at the top and mostly is used as a visual cue to let you know when Siri is listening and to manually raise and lower the volume, but likely will have some other uses. Apple already mentioned it would be powered by an A8 chip. Pricing was announced at $349 and shipping to a few lucky souls right before Christmas. Unless they hit a manufacturing glitch, then all bets are off. Some other things to learn by looking into the firmware code give possible insights into the iPhone 8. There is the finding of code around a smart camera feature. This appears to be something that will be built on future iPhones. It is speculated by some that this might have something to do with facial recognition, except the code then talks about different types of scenes, photo conditions, and photography subjects like pets and children. Some other scenes referenced are foliage, pet, bright stage, sport, sky, snow, sunrise and sunset, and fireworks. Somehow, the skeptic in me just does not see the connection between facial recognition and fireworks. My guess is smart camera feature is exactly that. It quickly recognizes the type of scene you are about to take a picture of and automatically and quickly changes the settings to optimize for that picture. Per why we are learning things is in the current iOS 11 betas we're running, references to future products were stripped out. For some reason, Apple neglected to do that with the HomePod firmware. Oopsie. One of the things we mentioned before from the firmware is infrared facial tracking, which does scream facial recognition. Another item we are learning about is that it looks like the iPhone 8 will be able to record 4K video at 60 frames per second, both from the front and rear cameras. Your selfie videos will never have looked so good, nor will your nose hairs. Please, folks, when shooting selfie videos, raise the camera up above and shoot down. Also in the code, it looks like Apple is calling its facial recognition software Pearl. And there are indications that if you had your iPhone lying on the table, flat on the table, and you sat down in front of it and tapped on the screen, it would be able to find your face and confirm you are okay person to go ahead and open this device for. Mark Gurman is saying Apple pitch um, for facial recognition is that it is quicker, more secure, and more accurate than Touch ID. Can anyone say stretch? Um, as in it's quite a big one for Apple to make that claim. And finally, or at least finally for now, it looks like from the code that facial recognition would work with Apple Pay. Many people, yours truly included, are skeptical that facial recognition can be more secure than Touch ID. Apple's facial recognition, however, some are saying takes more data points than Touch ID and is actually more secure. We shall see. Other items in the code are pointing to the iPhone 8 not having any physical Touch ID sensor, not on its own, not under the screen, nowhere but rather facial recognition will be the key biometric method for unlocking the iPhone 8. Rumors also have it that Winstron Corp. will be manufacturing the iPhone SE in India, and it recently mentioned it would be producing the next generation smaller iPhone, the iPhone SE, with production in mass starting in first quarter 2018. 
So not likely to see any update for the iPhone SE at the September call. Rather, it would get its introduction most likely sometime around February, March at another Apple event in Apple's new little campus uh, theater. My wife is still a big fan of the smaller iPhone SE, as are many of listeners who've written in to say they love the SEs. It will be interesting to see how much of an improvement spec-wise it gets. Likely, form factor will stay the same. I don't see really why Apple would change the form factor on the iPhone SE. If you're going to go with the smaller size, it's not the top of the line. So just keep it the same. That means all the accessories are good. So there's a reason. There's actual good advantages for Apple not to change the form factor. As in cases, accessories, all those other things built around that form factor would then continue to work. And when they announce it, you have all those form factors. Plus, if you're upgrading, you can continue to use your old case and things like that. But again, likely February, March 2018, Apple will have a special event on their campus announcing new iPhone SE, if from what Wistron said is accurate. Thanks again to Bull and Branch for sponsoring our show. You don't need to spend a fortune to get the rest you need. Great sleep starts with the right sheets, and they're more affordable than you think with Bull and Branch. The right sheets can take your sleep and your style to the next level. Maybe you're a classic style. They have hem sheets for you. But if you are more of a tailored style, then there are pleated sheets. And for the modern gal or guy, they have banded sheets. All the sheets look and feel great. Bowl and Branch sheets are the most comfortable sheets you'll ever sleep on. Go to bowlandbranch.com and you'll get $50 off your first set of sheets plus free shipping when you use promo code TII. That's $50 off plus free shipping right now at bowlandbranch.com. Once more, B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code TII. And since Bowl and Branch sells exclusively online, you don't pay the expensive retail markup. That's half the price for twice the quality. But here is the best part. Don't take my word for it. Try them out for yourself 30 nights risk-free. If you don't love them for any reason, they will take them back and refund you without any hassle at all. Bowl and Branch wants you and your family to feel good about your sheets inside and out. Rest easy knowing their sheets are ethically made, meaning everyone involved in the creation of their bedding has been treated with respect. These are sheets that feel good and you can feel good about owning. Please go to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off your first set of sheets. That's B-O-L-L-N branch.com and use promo code TII. Hi, Robert. It's Kim from Salem, Oregon. And I was just recording this message to comment about seeing AI and how wonderful that app is. For all the reasons that you mentioned in your podcast, plus one more, the app also has a feature under the product channel to scan barcodes of both items. And unlike all other barcode scanners, it has an audio tone that lets you know where you are, where the product is in the camera. So, for example, you're scanning a box of macaroni and cheese, it will play an audio tone when it sees the uh, barcode. And then you move the phone closer, and the audio tone gets faster, and then it processes the picture, and it says, hmm, crash macaroni and cheese. And then there's a button at the bottom that you double tap, and it says more info, and it'll tell you more information about that product, like instructions for making it or and um, what it's prepared with. 
like what kind of noodles it's prepared with, that kind of thing. If it's real cheese or processed cheese. So it's really changed my life, and it's very, very accurate. It's amazing. So I just wanted to say that uh, I do love that app, and it's better than Scanning for Reader for the document scanning because with Scanning for Reader, you have to take a picture of a document, but the problem is you have to center it yourself. And uh, that's really hard because I spend more time taking pictures of documents, trying to center them, than actually taking the picture of the document to see what it is. Candy for Reader stands for Kurzweil National Federation for the Blind Reader, 100 bucks, And uh, seeing AI is pretty much killing it because, at least for single-page documents, because all you do with that app is pull it above a document and then the uh, phone says, Hold steady, and, you know, it says what left and right image edges are visible. And then it takes a picture and reads it. It's very accurate. It tells you what headings are in the document, and it keeps the same formatting as the document. So it's awesome. But thanks for demonstrating that app. And I think you're maybe the first iPhone podcast to do that. Like, I know there are other podcasts that actually demonstrate the app, but I don't know, though. I think that's the first one to uh, actually demonstrate it in the middle of the program. Anyway, hope you have a great day. See you later. Bye. Kim, thanks as always for your great feedback and thanks for the kind words. And folks, check out the Seeing AI app. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. My iCloud storage limit has jumped from one terabyte to two terabytes. Good thing it did. I'm currently at 907 gigabytes. I do a lot of nature photography, mostly birds. 12 frames per second burst mode on my camera can really chew up the storage fast. I saw an article on iPhone hacks that Apple is now offering two terabytes for $9.99 a month. It was $19.99 a month. Thank you, Apple. Regards, Stephen. Well, thanks for the heads up on that, Stephen. Hey, Rob. Ryan from Seattle. On the last episode, you were talking about the Fast and the Furious, and you said Gino Toretto was a bad guy. Come on, Rob. Dominic Toretto. Vin Diesel was Dominic Toretto. Sometimes I don't know why I waste my time with you. Just kidding. Love your podcast, buddy. Keep it up. Thanks. Oy vey. I am so sorry, Ryan. Yes, that's embarrassing. Uh, Gino Toretta would be the football quarterback for the Miami Hurricanes, and he was the Heisman Trophy winner in 1992. As opposed to Dominic Toretto who did not play college football and is, well, a fictional character. But there is a connection between the two. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is in the Fast and the Furious films, was on the 1991 National Championship Miami Hurricanes with Gino Toretta. So maybe that's the reason uh, for the mix-up in the names. Or it could just be I'm getting old. Switching gears, Apple claims that there are accessories from third parties coming for the smart connector. But that said... Why are they not here already? Could be, as one anonymous case manufacturer said, quote, for a business like us, we've got a very rapid product development cycle, this source said, when you've got a long lead time component that's close to six months, that's just not tenable, unquote. The CEO of Bridge did not hold back, saying, quote, the thing with the Pogo pen design, in particular with the way Apple implemented it on the iPad, is it's incredibly limiting, unquote. 
And Apple again said third-party accessories are coming, but so is Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and Winter. And right now, the way it's looking, I'm going to put my money on the White Walkers before third-party accessories for the iPad Pro. Hey Rob, this is Brian from sometimes sunny Central Florida. Just wondering if anyone out there has had the opportunity to try the Libertone Q-Adapt in-ear lightning earphones. Uh, these appear to be specifically designed for the iPhone 7 and I am seriously thinking about asking Santa to lay a pair under the tree for me this coming Christmas and would really be interested in feedback from others that uh, may have tried these. So I uh, look forward to hearing some feedback on that. And as usual, uh, Rob, keep up the great work. Really enjoy the show. Thanks. Brian, thanks for the voicemail. And I'll throw this one out to the audience. If anyone has tried the Libertone Q Adapt in-ear lightning earphones, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Cannot find how to turn off safe search on my iPad for Tumblr. My iPad is on iOS 10.3.3. Help would be appreciated. Regards, James S. Hi, James. Gee, can't imagine why you would want to turn off safe search in Tumblr. Well, first, make sure the kids are out of the room. Then go to settings and then find the Tumblr listing and tap on it. So this is under settings. Scroll down. You'll find Tumblr uh, and tap on it. And you'll see an option for safe mode. And likely it says on next to it. Tap on that. And you have three choices. Hide all sensitive content, which selects is selected as default. Or just hide sensitive search results. Or don't hide anything. Well, except the screen from your kids, that is. Enjoy. Hey, Rob. It's Brent out here in Oklahoma City. Um, I have a couple of situations that I've encountered lately with the Apple Store and Apple in general that I'd like to report. And um, I'm going to have to break these up into two voicemails because uh, it gets a little bit too long and I got cut off on the first one. Um, one is a good in, uh, a good experience and the second is a bad experience. And I normally don't like to report bad experiences because Apple in the past has normally been really good. I'm an Apple stockholder. I have lots of Apple devices. And so usually, um, you know, I don't have much of a good to say about Apple. But um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the first story, which is a good experience that some people might not know about. And then I'll call back and tell you the second one. So the first one is um, it actually is about an iPod, sixth generation that I purchased. And I have actually two of these that I purchased, one just this last December and one I purchased in 2015. And one day I woke up, pulled my iPod out of the dock, and I noticed there was something really strange because the screen was bulging out of the casing of the iPod. And on further inspection, I noticed that the back, there was bulging on the back of it as well. So obviously, the battery has swollen to the point that it was pushing the screen out of the actual casing of the iPod. So I took it into the Apple store. Now, uh, what I learned in, uh, this is probably because they don't sell a lot of iPods anymore, but most of the Apple stores, if not all of them, don't keep iPods uh, for replacements in stock. So they took a look at it, 
And um, being that I'm visually impaired, I wasn't able to tell before I went in if this was the one I purchased in December that was still under warranty or the one that I purchased in 2015 that was not still under warranty. Well, uh, of course, my luck, it was the one purchased in 2015 not under warranty. But the tech happened to just advise me, um, you're actually in luck because we have what's just called a quality product warranty, and apparently this covers the device even after the regular warranty has expired um, because, I guess, the swollen battery thing. So he said, because of your situation and it falls under that quality product warranty, we will replace it for you for free. So it was a very expensive iPod. It was a 128 gig, $400 iPod 6 generation. So, and I you know, definitely breathed a sigh of relief because I'm thinking that, you know, I'm going to have to just throw this thing away or whatever. And so they did replace it for free. Brand new one. They had to send it off and then I got a new one back and, and so forth. So that's the good experience. I want everybody to know, even if their device is out of warranty, they have an issue like this that happens. Take it in there. It might fall under this quality product warranty, and uh, then you can get a replacement even outside of the factory warranty. So that's the good experience. I'll call back, and I'll tell you about the bad one. Hey, Rob. It's Brent in Oklahoma City. I told you I'd call you back with the other uh, story, the other incident that I had happen with Apple now. Um, I don't like to say a lot of bad things about Apple. Most of the time, they're really good. Like I said, I'm a stockholder. I have a lot of their devices. So when I encounter an issue like this, it it tends to leave a bad taste in my mouth, and I just want to give people a, a heads up. Um, I had an issue a couple weeks ago. I have a brand new, well, I you know, it's like seven-month-old Nike Apple Watch. I got up one morning. It was 100% battery. Put it on my wrist, um, get ready to, to go out for a while, and it does this weird thing. It vibra- gives a weird vibration, and then it just completely shuts down. And so I try to turn it back on. I try to hold in the two buttons to reset it, and nothing. So I get an idea. I put it on the charger, and lo and behold, it actually brings the watch back up. I had to put it on the charger to do so. So I go about my business thinking it was just a one-time deal, and all of a sudden, a few minutes later, does the same thing. Shuts down. I can't get it back up. Put it back on the charger. Brings it back up again. So I quickly go in, unpair, reset the whole watch to factory settings, and it doesn't ever come back up after it resets to factory settings. Try to turn it on again with the button on the side. Nothing. Go put it on the charger. This time, the charger doesn't even bring it back up. I said there's something seriously wrong here. So I go to the Apple store. The tech at the Apple store immediately reproduces the problem. He goes to his testing, reproduces the problem, sees what the issue is. It's at 80-something percent. It's popping up low power mode this, you know, doing the same crazy stuff. He said, you know, definitely never seen this before. You've got Apple Care. I paid extra for Apple Care for this. He said, you got Apple Care. This should be a no-brainer. I'll send it back, and they'll send you a replacement. Well, one thing I learned is they don't keep Apple Watch replacements in the store. 
as well that it would keep iPod replacements in the store. So they sent it back, and a few days later, I get an email from the Apple Watch Repair Depot asking me all these other questions about my watch. All these questions that have already been answered by the Apple tech have already been addressed, and here they are hassling me for more information. And so I get a really bad feeling because I'm thinking that, you know, they're telling me they can't reproduce the problems, you know, right then, and I'm having this bad sinking feeling that they're not going to do anything for me on this. And sure enough, a couple days later, they said, well, we can't reproduce the problem. We're sending your watch back. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a second. I've got Apple Care. The, Apple, you know, the tech at the Apple, Apple Store was able to reproduce this, and yet you're not taking his word for it. You're not believing it. You're just going to send me back my broken watch. And, um, you know, I've been around electronics for a long time, and I know you have. And you know that most of the time, if something like that on electronic starts going bad, it's going to happen again. It might not be that day or that week. But something's going to, you know, it's going to happen again. Usually with electronics, it's not just a one-time deal, and then it fixes itself automatically. And so I was very, very upset about this. I finally got a hold of the supervisor, raised enough heck about it, and they finally replaced it after, you know, hours of being on the phone and, you know, being very stern with these people. But I'm like, why should I have had to do that, you know? I paid for Apple Care. I pay for the no hassle. I pay for, um, you know, why do they even have Apple Techs at their store if you take it in there and it doesn't matter what they say, the repair depot and whatever is not going to even bother to take into consideration what these people say. So what I do, I'm going to recommend to people that they, if they have a problem with their Apple Watch like that, don't take it into the Apple Store. Call Apple Care on the phone because if you tell them what it's doing on the phone, most times they're going to send out you send you a replacement, and without any questions asked. Where if you take it to the Apple Store, they're going to send it back to this repair depot, and you have to wait and wait, and then they have to decide if they're going to send you a new one or whatever. So, call in the Apple Care. Don't take it into the Apple Store. That's my recommendation, and that's my story. And uh, you can understand why I'm pretty upset about it. Anyway. I uh, hope people gl- glimpse some information from this. Brent, thanks for the feedback. Uh, I'll say this, that's obviously an unusual case. In most cases, I would still recommend people go to the Apple Store first. Um, if you have an Apple Watch, maybe not because they're not keeping the replacement there. But overall, in most cases, I would still recommend you go to the Apple Store first. Uh, my experiences going to the Apple for- Store have always been a good experience. By the way, if anyone else has had the same issue with their Apple Watch, let us know, give us a call, or shoot us an email. Into the email bag, aloha, Rob. I just listened to your podcast on the 14th. First time I realized iOS 11 will include document scanning, and then I caught as the epilogue ending the person with cerebral palsy and her needs. For years, I've been using an app called DocScan and Listen. And it does everything you describe and want. I think uh, it just use it to capture documents and organize uh, the and the app and upload to Google Docs or OCRs or create PDFs and a whole lot more. Look at these screenshots uh, and for heaven's sakes, send this to the lady uh, in your epilogue. It's all there. Look at the screenshots and to see quickly, I rush to get this to you. 
as though you don't have much else I know. But this lady seemed so nearly desperate. Uh, if you already know about this app or others, and you you just featured that uh, 11, will include, I apologize to waste your time, but it seems to me the creators of this have done little to market or explain what they have. I believe they are from Japan and have been available for many years. Regards, Bell. And I did send that off um, back when I first got this. This email just got slipped back a little bit. But I wanted to mention that. Again, the app is called DocScan and Listen. Also in the email bag, geez, Rob, paper.io. Thanks for getting me hooked on this game, LOL. I must have had some wicked beginner's luck, though, because within the first 30 minutes, I got 44% and unlocked the bronze car with the star in it. And that was on my iPhone 7. Regards, Richard and Lana. Show off. But think how you would have done on a new iPad Pro. Hi, Rob. It's Matt from Wisconsin. How are you? I just wanted to let the listeners know that I believe I found my first bug with the beta of 11.0 of iOS. I tried to delete an app that it turns out didn't work for me. It was TeamViewer. Yes, they have an iOS version. I was trying to help a friend figure out how to become a public beta member. She's completely blind and something on her screen could not be read by voiceover, so I installed TeamViewer on my phone, and I was going to try to control her phone. However, it didn't work, and when I went through the double tap to go into editing mode and delete the app, I double tapped twice, and all it did was pop at me, and the, the app just flashed, and no deletion prompts or nothing, so... There's our first major bug. Hopefully they fix it in the next build. All right, take care. Matt, I know you sent this in a little bit of time ago, and I wanted to play it now and just ask, did this ever get fixed? Uh, have you been able to confirm that bug? Because I wasn't able to, to ever get that bug to duplicate for me, but were you able to confirm with later betas that that bug has been fixed? Are you perfect? We intelligent agents don't really undergo IQ tests. But I scored off the charts in the Zoltax Day and Egg Carry. Are you perfect? I guess you'll have to be the judge of that, Robert. Are you perfect? I'm smart enough to know not to answer the question. Are you perfect? As intelligent agents go, I'm not too shabby. Are you perfect? I couldn't even begin to think about knowing how to answer that question. Are you perfect? Well, a wise man once said, I am so smart. SMRT? Are you perfect? Well, when I was at school, I had to cheat on my metaphysics exam by looking into the soul of the boy next to me. Thanks again to Bowl and Branch for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off the nicest sheets and cotton products you have ever owned with free shipping to boot. Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said in this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a product view, good or bad, as long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And, of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. I will be at 
podcast movement uh, this week, as I mentioned earlier, it is most likely the next episode will not be out until around August 29th, 30th. I will be doing a lot of travel over the next two months, LA twice, Cleveland, New Orleans, New York City, and Winnipeg. I will do my best to stay on the 7 to 10 day release schedule window that I try to stick with. Your feedback will help on that front. The more you send, the faster episodes come out. So please, please, please email and send voicemails. Send in your thoughts about iOS 11 and tips and tricks and questions you have, plus your predictions. What are your predictions that's going to be announced at the next Apple event that's going to be in early September? Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a quick reminder, if you're an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you're the dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Today's show was again brought to you by Eero, which is by far the fastest and best Wi-Fi I have ever tested. If you go to eero.com and enter promo code TII, you will get free overnight shipping to the U.S. and Canada. Again, go to eero.com and at checkout, select overnight shipping, then enter promo code TII to make it free. Finally, check out the newly updated TII app, which is free to you. There was just a new update since the last episode. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course, per this latest update. Uh, this had to do with fixing a few bugs that listeners had called in and reported and some voiceover improvements. Please go right now and download the TII app or get the update. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. Last and definitely least, as far as updates go, is TVOS 11, which was... There is a really good chance that we'll be getting another update um, this week to Beta 7 of all the three... They make a Wi-Fi mesh... (laughs) Um, And to get it all set up, it was really easy. Uh, With an app for your iOS device showing you... um, Ah, this display would be at the top and most likely um, is used as a visual cue for most of the... ah, If you don't like them or love them for any reason, they will likely... (laughs) Into the email bag we go. Hurrah, my iCloud storage limit has jumped from one terabyte to two terabytes. Good thing it did. I'm currently at 970... I am on iOS 10.3.3. Would help be appreciated? Ah, No, help would be appreciated. And please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or author 